Greetings everyone, good day. You are listening to the first episode of Dissecting Everything, a podcast where we discuss and carefully dissect anything under the sun. Our subject for dissection in this episode is the Soji Bill, also known as the Anti-Discrimination Bill. Our primary goal in this episode is to eliminate blurry aspects of the bill and to clear any misunderstandings allowing us to understand the bill in its full context. Our discussion for today is divided into four parts. Part 1 seeks a general introduction of the bill and discusses the very definition of SOGI. Part 2 looks at the legislative history of the bill. In Part 3, we will take a look at the provisions included in House Bill 4982, specifically the deeds that are punishable. Part 4 is for further analysis and discussion. Timestamps for these segments are provided in the description box below. A little disclaimer before we start. I do not claim to be an expert in any of these. If there were any terms or concepts that I had misunderstood, please do not hesitate to send me a message and let me know about it. Now, Onto the podcast. Part 1 General Introduction to the Soji Bill. If you were to look in the internet for a PDF copy of the full text of the Soji Bill, you will find that there are actually a number of varying versions submitted to the Congress. In fact, there are in total 16 SOGI bills filed in the current House. An article of Inquirer.net dated November 5, 2020 reported that, quote, The House panel adapted as a working draft the version that was passed on the third and final reading during the 17th Congress. Unquote. This version of the bill is House Bill 4982, filed in the 17th Congress. For that matter, the version of the Soji bill that I will be referencing in this podcast is the aforementioned bill. House Bill 4982, Soji Equality Bill, Soji Equality Act, or simply Anti-Discrimination Bill, is a proposed law in the Philippines that aims to criminalize discrimination on the basis of SOGI. It is the first of its kind in the country. Other anti-discrimination bills have been passed in the past, but these were never SOGI-specific. The SOGI bill has been a very controversial bill since its introduction to the Philippines in 2001, and even today in the modern Philippine society, there is a great divide of opinions in Filipinos when asked about it. What makes it so controversial? What initiates this great divide of opinions between Filipinos? All of those, we will take a look in this podcast. To understand the Soji Bill, we must first understand the context of what it is fighting for. Discrimination based on Soji. To understand this context is to understand what we mean by Soji. SOGI, first and foremost, stands for Sexual Orientation, 
gender identity, and expression. It is a common misconception that SOGI only applies to members of the LGBTQIA community. To clear it up, everyone has SOGI, whether they be members of the LGBT community or not. To understand SOGI, we must first understand that human beings are complicated. Being complicated, we cannot be subjected and we cannot limit ourselves to be boxed in only two categories of gender. The concept of SOGI enables us to comprehend gender in a clearer context. I shall introduce some SOGI terms, and these terms will be our basis in our understanding of SOGI. Before I introduce them, there are three important things that we must remember. One. Each and every one of these terms operate between masculine and feminine conventions. Second, with the exception of sexual behavior, all of them operate in a scale, meaning it is possible to not be 100% feminine or masculine. One can be 25%, 75%, or 50%. Third, each SOGI term is independent from one another, meaning being more masculine in one term does not compel you to automatically be more masculine in another. The first SOGI term that I shall introduce is sex. Even in our modern world, gender and sex are used interchangeably, in spite of them being very different from each other. What exactly is sex? Sex pertains to our inherent physical anatomy, commonly based on our private parts or genitals, the penis and the vagina, but also based on, their, on the function of our chromosomes and hormones. The doctor assigns one sex at birth, so if you, have a, if you have a vagina, you are a female, and if you have a penis, you are a male. However, there are some cases where some babies are born with a vagina and have testes in their abdominal cavity. People who have this kind of condition are called intersex. The second term to define is gender identity. Well, uh, gender identity is our gender based on what we think or feel. It is our innermost concept of self as male, female, a blend of both or neither. Gender identity is how individuals perceive themselves and what they call themselves. There are different categories of gender identity. One's gender identity can be the same or different from their sex assigned at birth. If one's gender identity matches with one's sex, that person is called a cisgender. If a person's gender identity is different from their sex, they are called a transgender. Uh, for example, Juan and Pedro are friends. Juan has a penis, and deep inside, he feels he is a man. Juan is a cisgender. Pedro, on the other hand, also has a penis. But deep inside, she identifies as a woman. Pedro is called a transgender, or more specifically, a trans woman. Right, so a common misconception for people is that 
only those persons who went to have gender reassignment surgery are considered as transgender. This is a misunderstanding. Any person whose gender identity does not conform to their sex assigned at birth is called a transgender, whether they choose to have a gender reassignment surgery or not. People who are unsure of their gender identity are called questioning. This is common in teenagers but can also occur in adults because self-identity or self-investigation is a really, really long process. For queer, gender-fluid, and non-binary people, the concept of manness or womanness, according to Dr. Winlove Mojica, do not play a vital role in their everyday lives. They are people, and they deserve respect. Pronouns also play a role in gender identity. Everyone has the right to use the gender pronouns that match their personal identity. Some commonly used gender pronouns are she, her, hers, he, him, his, and they, them, theirs. Gender expression. Gender expression is how a person expresses their gender identity to other people. It is reflected in our clothes, the way we act, the way we speak, and the things we own or use. People can express their gender in a spectrum of masculinity and femininity. Gender expression typically reflects a person's gender identity, but, but this is not always the case. A person can dress and speak in a more masculine way, but still identify as a woman. Those who fall in the middle of the spectrum are called as androgynous. Some gender types of gender expression that are androgynous is, well, wearing white pants or wearing some unisex pants, wearing unisex shirts, stuff like that. Sexual orientation. Our sexual orientation pertains to our identity in relation to the gender that we are attracted to. If you are attracted to the opposite gender, you are a heterosexual. If you identify as a man and are attracted to another man, you are gay. If you are a woman and are attracted to another woman, you are a lesbian. The collective term for people who are attracted to the same gender is homosexual. But because other people people typically use this term as derogatory, LGBTQ plus organizations in first world countries advocate for the use of the more specific terms, gay and lesbian. If you are attracted to both men and women, you are a bisexual. There are also people who are attracted to all genders. These people are pansexuals. People who are not sexually attracted with anyone are called asexual. People who are not romantically attracted to anyone are called aromantic. The last term that I shall discuss is sexual behavior. Unlike the previous terms, sexual behavior does not fall under a scale. Instead, it falls between yes or no. 
sexual behavior is independent of sexual orientation and gender identity. The sexual behaviors are as follows. If you are a person who chooses to have sex with the opposite sex, you are practicing heterosexual sex. If you are a female who chooses to have sex with another female, you are an FSF or a female having sex with another female. If you are a male who chooses to have sex with another male, you are an MSM or a male having sex with another male. It is important to note that attraction or love does not play any role in determining one's sexual behavior. If you are an MSM, it does not automatically mean that you are attracted to the same sex. You can have sex with another person merely because it is in your line of work as a sex worker without any feelings involved. MSM only means that you are a male having sex with a male, with or without any attraction. Same to FSF. So this concept debunks the ancient myth of automatically being gay or lesbian if you are an MSM or an FSF. Remember, remember, sexual behavior is different and independent from sexual orientation. Okay, in summary, sex pertains to our anatomical identity, typically determined at birth. If one has a penis, he is a male. If one has a vagina, she is a female. Intersex pertains to those people who are born with reproductive anatomy that doesn't fit the boxes of female or male. Gender identity is how individuals perceive themselves and what they call themselves. If your gender identity matches with your sex, you are a cisgender. If your gender identity does not match with your sex, you are a transgender. People who are unsure if they are a man or a woman are called questioning. For queer, gender fluid, and non-binary people, the concept of manness or womanness do not play a vital role in their everyday lives. Again, they are people and they deserve respect. Gender expression is how a person expresses their gender identity to other people. It is reflected in our clothes, the way we act, the way we speak, and people can express their gender in a spectrum of masculinity and femininity. Those who fall in the middle of the spectrum are called as androgynous. Sexual orientation pertains to our identity and relation to the gender that we are attracted to. Sexual behavior is our behavior based on sexual activity. Part 2. Legislative History of the Soji Bill The 2019 Gretchen Diaz incident, where trans woman Gretchen Custodio Diaz was barred from using her preferred restroom in a Cubao mall on August 31, 2019, 
sparked the domino of present discussions regarding the Soji bill. With this said, people seem to believe that the DS experience is the primary cause for the creation of the said bill. But no, the history of the Soji bill goes as far back as the year 2000. Diaz's experience is only one of the many instances of discrimination constantly endured by people of the LGBTQ community in our society today. The first version of the Soji Equality Bill was filed in the 11th Congress by the late Senator Miriam Defensor Santiago and Akbayan Representative Eta Rosales. It was pending for 19 years and is now coming to fruition in the 17th Congress through the ardent efforts of Bataan 1st District Representative Geraldine Roman, Diwa Party List Representative Emeline Agnipay Villar, and Dinagat Islands Representative Arlene Kaka Bagao. While the bill still has to hurdle the Senate, its passage in the House is already a victory in itself. For the LGBTQ community. The bill was first filed in Congress in 2000 by former Senator Miriam Defensor Santiago and former Akbayan Party Representative Eta Rosales. The bill passed a third reading in the House but stalled in the Senate. Similar measures were filed by other senators in the 15th and 16th Congresses without success. The bill was refiled by Defensor Santiago in every congressional period in the Senate until her last term in 2016. The counterpart bill in the House was also filed continuously by the representatives of Akbayan. In 2016, the first Senate version of the anti-discrimination bill is filed on August 11 by Senator Risa Hontiveros, while it's House counterpart remains pending. In 2017, after 17 years from its first filing, the Anti-Discrimination Bill is passed by the 17th Congress on its third and final reading on September 20 with a vote of 197 to 0 in the House of Representatives. In 2019, after suffering three years of interpolations, the bill languishes in the Congress. On August 13, Gretchen Diaz is blocked by a female janitress from using the women's restroom. The, janit the janitress apologizes, but Diaz vows to keep fighting for the right of her fellow LGBTQ members. The current version of the bill, House Bill 4982, is sponsored by Kaka Bagao, Geraldine Roman, Tom Villarin in the House of Representatives, and Risa Hontiveros in the Senate. A year later, in 2020, of course, this year, the Soji Bill is yet to be passed. Conversations and discussions between the bill are still very hot. Despite the continuing fight of the LGBT community to be recognized, the current Senate remains clear in its conviction. The bill is still very much considered as controversial. The future of the bill, transitioning into law, is still very blurry in this respect. But the fire in the hearts of the discriminated community and the people fighting with them refuses to let out.
Part 3. What is punishable in House Bill 4982? In this part of the podcast, I shall explain, in the simplest of terms, the punishable acts under Section 4 of House Bill 4982. I will provide explanations and examples to make what every provision says somewhat easier to digest. In the process, I shall also cite some dissenting opinions regarding these said provisions. Paragraph A, Section 4 Paragraph A, Section 4 basically says that no matter your sexual orientation, gender identity, no matter your saji, if you want, and if you have the qualifications to render public services, such as, but not limited to, military service or police service, you shall not be denied. As long as you meet the qualifications of being a soldier, you should be accepted regardless of soji. Okay, a quick uh, disclaimer before we proceed to paragraph B. I think it may be better for you to have a copy of the uh, bill itself. I've included a link to download the copy of House Bill 4982. So it can be better for you. Okay, now I will proceed to uh, paragraph B. Paragraph B. This provision is lengthy if you read it in the bill itself. But in simpler terms, what it is trying to say is that including SOGI as a criteria for hiring or the dismissal of workers is prohibited. This is in the same light as paragraph A in that you should only hire or dismiss workers based on their skills, performance, or ability to do the work they are prescribed to. SOGI, in any way, does not play a role in determining the performance of a worker. This is to prevent unequal employment opportunities just because of the employer's biased views against a certain SOGI. An opposing argument for this provision comes from attorney Rani Randolph Libayan of batasnatin.com. He mentions this in his YouTube video entitled Quote Unquote Soji Bill. Kailangan ba talaga? Ano ito? He goes as far as to call this provision quote katangahan. Unquote. His argument goes like this. The privileges of the hiring and promotion of workers are granted on the employer. He calls these privileges as management prerogatives. The employer or the management shall determine who gets what. Based on my understanding of his argument, he says that employers already have this preconceived preference on who to hire, and in the hiring process, the employer only goes as far as to accomplish these preferences. This provision just eliminates the need to write these preferences, but it does not eliminate the preferences themselves. So, he says that this provision of the bill would not do anything. In fact, it might even make the working process or the hiring process longer and more painful for everyone. Well, for example, in the job of a cargador, the employer prefers a male worker to be hired, let's say that. Then, because of the Saudi bill, this preference cannot be stated. And then, 
persons of every gender start to flood his gates. In the end, the employer still goes to accomplish this preference of a male worker. But in the background, what happened was, those non-males who sought the job posts just wasted their time. Because from the very start, they have zero chance of being employed to begin with. The employer also just wasted his time interviewing those non-male applicants. See, that's why for attorney Libayan, this provision of the bill just is just a pain for everyone. It is important to note that for attorney Libayan, preferences are not discrimination because those are the things that the employer wants for his business. Paragraph C. Paragraph C, in simple terms, states that the refusal of admission or expulsion of persons based primarily on SOGI in schools or training institutions and including the discrimination of students or trainees based on the SOGI of their parents or guardians is prohibited. Paragraph D. Paragraph D, this provision addresses that penalties for students violating the same school rule with the same level of violation should be the same or equal in effect, regardless of gender identity, sexual orientation. Uh, for example, Rico, a man and a student of Giant School, violated the uniform policy of Giant School. Because of this incident, Rico's parents were called on to the guidance office. Shakir, a trans man, violated the exact same policy that Rico violated. But because Shakir is a trans man, the school decided to bar him from going to school for three days. Which is basically much, much higher than what Rico experience despite being the same level of violation and the same criteria of violation. This unfair treatment of Shakir is what this provision seeks to prevent. Paragraph E. Paragraph E states that it is illegal to take away or to not grant the formal recognition, accreditation, or to organize the things listed in this provision solely on the basis of SOGI. So, the things listed in this provision is to organize political parties, to organize an organization, to organize groups, stuff like that. A problem we encounter here is when we look at the formal recognition aspect of this provision. Formal recognition is when someone receives a formal award. For example, our Nobel Prizes, Gawin ng Balisong, etc. An issue that this may encounter is when there is fraud in the gardening of formal recognition. For example, um, Home Foundation. Home Foundation, an award-giving body specifically catered to giving awards to those people who are part of the LGBT community, decides to launch a Miske event. Award Foundation shall give a prize money of 1 million pesos to, ho to whoever receives their utmost recognition. 
um, oh, Home Foundation also decides to give an award, which is called the Gawad Tahanan Award to whoever wins the Miss Gay event. Okay. Now, the prize money drives Pedro, a straight man, to fake being gay for his admission to the, to, to the event in hopes of winning the prize money. Pedro then proceeds to win the event and successfully claims his prize money. But after months of investigation, Home Foundation found out that Pedro faked being gay and wants to revoke Pedro's recognition of Gawad Tahanan as well as claim the 1 million peso prize money back. Because Pedro is protected by the Soji Bill, specifically by Section 4, Paragraph E, he can file a case against, against Home Foundation for revoking his formal recognition. So basically, it gives uh, this, this unnecessary kind of protection for those criminals that, you know, like to fake being gay, like stuff like that. We're now going to go to paragraph F. Paragraph F. Paragraph F is really, really straightforward and really, really good because for me, health is right. So basically, paragraph F states that the denial of public health services on the basis of Sochi is prohibited. For me, health is a right. And being denied of the right to health just because you do not agree with the person Soji is just plainly discrimination and inhumane also. Okay. Paragraph G. Paragraph G states that the denial or revocation of licenses, certificate, clearance, or any other document of the kind issued by the government based on Soji is prohibited. So let us cite an example for this. In this situation, Ermi is a trans woman. Ermi was denied a certificate of business for, est for establishing her business just because she is a trans woman. A Soji bill protects her from these acts. Okay. Paragraph H. Paragraph H basically states that the denial of the use of public establishments facilities, services, or utilities solely on the basis of Sochi is prohibited, provided, and furthermore, the inferior accommodation or services of services shall be considered as denial of access or use. The primary problem that we encounter with this provision and the most common counter for it is with public restrooms. With this in place, the use of public restrooms will be more liberal. Trans women can use the women's bathroom and trans men can use the men's bathroom. Now, people worry that this will create an open opportunity for men who do not actually 
self-identify as women to claim that they do in order to have access to women and or girls in vulnerable circumstances, such as public classrooms and locker rooms, in order to view or photograph them or engage in sexual assault. Now, however, Lambda Legal, a nonprofit organization fighting for human rights, states that this is a myth. Quote, This argument is based on a myth. There is no evidence that gender-segregated restrooms are safer for cisgender women than unisex restrooms. And besides, there are laws protecting people from criminal conduct in public restrooms. If anything, a concern for safety weighs in favor of, rex- of restroom accessibility. Transgender people face a uniquely high degree of harassment. 53% of 6,450 transgender people reported being harassed or disrespected in a place of public accommodation. Unquote. Paragraph I. Paragraph I states that forcing a person to undertake any medical or psychological examination to determine or alter one soji is prohibited. This uh, provision protects people from certain kind of situations when, for example, a father, a homophobic father, forces his son to go to a psychologist to assess his gender identity. Okay, now, paragraph J. Paragraph J, the harassment subjecting a person to profiling, detention, or verbal or physical harassment on the basis of SOGI is prohibited. It also protects people in custody from the discrimination of police officers. Okay, now paragraph K. Paragraph K protects people from any act of revealing their gender identity without their consent. Basically, it prevents people from outing a person, from publishing any media or information, outing a person without their consent. This is very important because gender is really, 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 really sensitive. And people must know that. Paragraph I. Paragraph I basically states that the act of conducting a public speech that is meant to shame, insult, or incite, or normalize the commission of discriminatory practices against LGBTQ plus people is prohibited. For example, if I were to to conduct a public speech that says LGBTQ plus people are bad people. LGBTQ plus people are sanot salipunan. I can be sued. Okay. Now we'll go to paragraph M. Paragraph M states that the physical assault slurs, stalking, derogatory comments, and lewd propositions intended to create a stressing or hostile environment for a person fueled by the perpetrator's belief, bias, or dislike of the other person's soji is prohibited. For example, if someone is homophobic and decides to lash out his homophobia to gay people on the streets, he can be sued. Right? 
A modern example of this in the Philippine society is that of the situation wherein a gay man was just uh, walking normally in the streets and then this old woman decides to suddenly lash out insulting terms and derogatory slurs shaming the, the gay man in the streets. Okay. The old woman can be, basically, she can be sued. Paragraph N. Paragraph N. Subjecting any person to gender profiling or to any investigatory activities which include unnecessary, unjustified, illegal, or, degrade, or degrading searches to determine whether an individual is engaged in an activity presumed to be unlawful, immoral, or socially acceptable. Recording and analyzing a person's psychological and behavioral characteristics to make a generalization about a person's sexuality or to assist in identifying a particular subgroup of people's sexual orientation or gender identity. Okay. Paragraph O. This provision, paragraph O, is, I think, one of the most important provisions included in this bill. Basically, paragraph, paragraph O punishes a parental authority, a custody, or guardianship from, from preventing a child to exhibit or express one's sexual orientation or gender identity. Rejecting the child to ex because of his gender identity is also prohibited. And torturing the child or subjecting the child to acts that degrade the child's mental health and physical health is also prohibited. This is why this is one of the most important provisions included in the bill for me. The reason why so many people remain closeted is that they are afraid that they will be punished and not be accepted for who they are. This is very common in the Philippine society. I've heard many stories of people being like this. And yes, this is a big problem in our community. And this provision of the SOGI bill helps combat these kind of situations. Well, paragraph P, which is the last paragraph which is the last provision in Section 4. Paragraph P. Subjecting a person to any analogous acts that shall have the effect or purpose of impairing or nullifying the enjoyment, recognition, or exercise of a person's rights or freedoms. This is basically saying that because analogous means similar, right? So paragraph P basically says that similar acts that are not provided in this bill but impairs a person's rights shall be punishable. Okay. As I've said, paragraph P is the last paragraph for section 4. We are done with the analysis of the most important provisions in the bill. At this moment, it is high time for us to go to part 4.
further analysis and discussion. Part 4 Further Analysis and Discussion Human rights is an evolving concept, says former Akbayan Partilist Congresswoman Loretta Ann Rosales in a podcast hosted by Christian Esquera. LGBT rights is human rights. In Part 4, further analysis and discussion, we shall address a number of criticisms of the bill, aside from those we discussed in Part 3, and assess whether they provide a valid argument or not. The first criticism that we shall tackle is that Saudi bill impedes religious freedoms. Brother Eddie Villanueva, a strong opposition to the Saudi bill, questions, Quote, what happens to a Christian like me and to the majority of the people in this chamber if we are to be threatened by punishment every time we share our Bible-based beliefs on matters of transgenders and homosexuals? Unquote. Okay. Okay. To assess, this is a mis. I think, I think, this is a misconception based on or a misunderstanding by Brother Eddie Villanueva. Because, remember, we must keep in mind that the bill punishes individuals if and only if they enact discriminatory acts. And I reiterate, this. Criminatory acts against a person's soji. With that said, religious institutions need not worry as long as their beliefs and actions are not discriminatory. A preacher should be able to express his, his views on sexuality without making inflammatory remarks against a person's soji. It would only be an issue if these sermons are aggressive enough to amount to hate speech. Religious freedom pertains to the ability of people to practice their faith and beliefs, but only to the extent that it does not impede on anyone else's freedoms. Meaning to say, religious freedom can be trumped if it is directly harming the rights of any individual since discriminating against a person on the basis of their soji is not intrinsic to any religion, there is no real reason for it to be justified. Second criticism, the soji equality bill is only for people part of the LGBTQI++ community. Well, this, this whole premise starts with the misconception that the term soji only applies to LGBT people. The thing is, as I have discussed in part 1, Soji concerns all of us because we all have our specific sojis. For example, even I, a straight man, have my own soji. For me, sexual orientation. I have romantic and sexual orientation to the opposite sex. So, I am a heterosexual. Gender identity. I was born as a man, 
and I identify as a man, making me a cisgender man. Gender expression. I express my gender in more masculine conventions. Even you, my listener, you have your own specific soji. You just have to examine yourself. The very misconception that the soji bill is calling out for special treatment of LGBTQ++ people is actually a reflection of the LGBTQ++ being an oppressed community in the Philippines. How? Because we are all susceptible to soji-based discrimination, but LGBTQ++ people are more vulnerable. Currently, with no anti-discrimination bill in place, LGBTQ plus people are susceptible to hate speech and violence in schools, workplaces, and public places. Employers, businesses, and even hospitals can refuse service to LGBTQ plus people or treat them unfairly based simply on their sexual orientation and gender identity and expression. The call for soji equality was not born out of a desire to receive special treatment, but rather to be treated just like everyone else. The soji bill protects us from any discrimination regarding our soji. I reiterate, we are all covered by the soji bill because soji is inherent to us. Soji is inherent to our personality, and saying that soji only applies to the specific group of individuals is but another form of ignorance. Now, we shall go on to discuss the gender situation in the Philippines. People who vote against the Soji Equality Bill mostly state that it is not necessary because discrimination against members of the LGBTQ community does not exist here in the Philippines. Let us examine such proposition. In the Philippines, there is a divide on the consensus on the general perception towards the LGBT community. One study conducted by Pew Research Center titled The Global Divide on Homosexuality ranked the Philippines as one of the most gay-friendly nations in Asia. Supposedly, we are ranked as the 10th as the most gay-friendly nation covering 39 countries in a 2013 global survey. Showed that 73% of adult Filipinos agreed with the statement that homosexuality should be accepted by society. However, another study in 2014 titled Global Morality by the same organization showed Filipinos highly disfavor homosexuality when asked, is homosexuality morally acceptable, unacceptable, or is not a moral issue? With 65% responded, it is unacceptable. Only 25% responded with, with acceptable and 9% said it is not a moral issue. See, from this case alone, we can already tell that the Philippines is 
intolerant of LGBT people but not accepting. Non-acceptance is where the problem starts. Non-acceptance is the beginning of oppression, discrimination, and marginalization. To tell you the truth, growing up, I wasn't necessarily taught per se, but I was influenced to be homophobic. Not by my parents, but the tambais in our neighborhood. I remember the use of the word bakla as a derogatory term, as if the label bakla puts me in a position lower than them. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Going to elementary school, the word bakla was often used as an insult to someone. There are various stories of students being bullied just because they are different from the usual boxes that people ascribe as gender. Even today, in 2020, some people still use these words for the purpose of degrading someone to the point where the true meaning of the word falls off on itself. Risa Linsinko, an intersex, shares her story to CNN. Risa Lin was raised as a boy, but it was when adolescence hit when she started developing breasts. She shares, quote, Siyempre hindi naman ako pwede mag-brine, di ba? Alam nung mga kaklase ko, lalaki ako. Narapitan ako tapos pag natuwa sila, tadakmain nila yung suso ko. Tapos ako, nakakapagreklamo ba ako? Unquote. Professor Haji Balaja of Ateneo de Davao University's Department of Psychology states, quote, The LGBT youth continue to suffer from stressors in the forms of discrimination, exclusion, and gender-based violence. Their potential and well-being are shattered and shaken. Unquote. These situations are just but the shore of the deep ocean of discrimination that the LGBT plus youth are subjected to in their everyday dealings. In the workplace, in the workplace, soji discrimination is also very apparent. The first ever Philippine Corporate Soji Diversity and Inclusiveness, or CSDI Index, a study conducted by the Philippine LGBT Chamber of Commerce and Research from Cogentia and supported by the Embassy of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, the Philippines, surveyed 100 companies on their anti-discrimination and equal opportunity employment policies. Out of the 100, they found zero Philippine-based companies implementing policies meant to protect their, their employees from soji-based discrimination. Here is what the study found. 25% of respondents have experienced harassment from their employers or superior officers. 33% have experienced harassment from co-workers. And 60% have been the subject of slurs and jokes in the workplace. The overall data makes clear the dominant attitude towards LGBTQs in the Philippines' professional world. The study shows that we are far from saying that soji-based discrimination does not exist in the working environment.
ending statements. The Saudi Equality Bill is an anti-discrimination bill that requires consequences on unfair treatment and biases towards anyone based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression. The Filipino community, along with legislators and politicians, are still very much divided in their perspectives regarding the said bill. My final word is this. From a humanitarian perspective, from a humanitarian standpoint, it is such a devastating thing to think that we live in a reality where we have to go this far. We have to go as far as to craft a law just to stop discrimination of other people based on their sexual orientation and gender identity and oppression. This is the reality we live in. I hope humanity engulfs us even more. I hope our humanity engulfs us even more. That ends the first episode of our podcast. I hope you had learned something new today. I am sorry for the (laughs) crappy audio. I am only using microphone from a pair of earphones. If ever I continue this project in the future, I shall have a more professional microphone and a more professional setup. I guarantee you that. But this podcasting thing has been a very enjoyable experience. A really, really enjoyable one. Even though I had to rush this podcast, I had only like three days or four days to to make this podcast. But it has been very, very, very enjoyable nonetheless. I have learned a lot of things. And I mean a lot of things from just researching the information that I need for this podcast. But, again... Thank you. I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers to more dissections in the future. This is your host, Sandir Chandra Zonroy. Until we meet again. <laughs>